This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 661. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. And you can check me out over at DavidPTDPT on Instagram and Twitter and wherever else. I don't care. Go follow me. But more important is go check out Marking Out. Dot com. Make sure you check out all the previous episodes. Make sure that you are subscribed over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you may be listening to podcasts. Buy a t-shirt, prowrestlingtees.com slash out. Give us a like over on Facebook. Give us a follow on Instagram. Give us a follow on Twitter, on Twitch, and wherever else you are on social media. Just go ahead. Search Marking Out. Go ahead and follow us. Go tweet us. Go interact with us. I'm here with Brandon Go follow him at BTTG161 and follow Chris at Chris Sweendog over on Twitter and CMSweeney85 over on Instagram. But that being said, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Doing great, grand, and amazing. How was your week? It was uh, it was decent. I uh, <laughs> That rain from Friday was crazy. That was pretty intense, no? Yeah, luckily it didn't flood here like New York City. It did flood, but not like Yeah, New, New York, York City, City was intense. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. But I went to a uh, a car show on Sunday and they had the original screen-used Batmobile car from the Monsters and the Monkey Mobile, so I thought that was cool to see them in person. And they mm-hmm. were all like signed by the casts. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I just wish like they they put the the cars in such a stupid spot though. Like I don't know who it was. There was somebody signing autographs there in like a tent right next mm-hmm. to them. So you couldn't get like unless you were on that line, you really weren't able to get such a good like shot because it was a line for an autograph. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of dumb, but it was still cool. I put a TikTok out. You could see that at uh, on our TikTok. So nice, nice. How about yourself? I know you went to uh, UBS Arena. Yes, yes. I went to UBS Arena to see Islanders versus the Rangers, and I gotta say, it was awesome at the UBS Arena. I keep on want to say USB Arena. That's your first time there? Yeah, this was my first time there. I thought that it was very spacious. Um, I thought that the food options were really good. Um, and the seats were incredible. Uh, incredible. Thank you, Cousin Brad, for inviting me. And unfortunately, the Rangers did get their butt beat. Um, but apparently after we left, they did put up a pretty big fight. We left when it was 4-1 to one and apparently ended at 5-3. to three. Who leaves so- early? Uh, people that got things to do. So, um, it was a great game, a lot of fun. Apparently, if you are a Rangers fan, you're not supposed to be doing the Daniel Bryan chant. Um, (laughs) apparently that's a thing where you're not supposed to be doing the yes chant. Well, that's specifically an Islanders gimmick that they stole from 
Daniel Bryan, but Islanders fans like, oh, we took it from this person, and they, they named the MMA guy that, uh, well, some named the MMA guy that, that no. Brian Danielson took it from. Others have absolutely no idea where the yes chance came from. Yeah, I was proudly doing it for uh, Daniel Bryan. Um, I was told to sit down. I didn't know if it was from an Islanders fan or Rangers fan. Who told you to sit down? Well, we also, we we also don't know if it was directed towards me, but I could really assume that it was probably towards me. Uh, it was after. Dude, that'd be, that's like a hilarious thing. A Rangers fan going in there doing the, the Islanders chant to an Islanders. That'd be hilarious. I was doing the Daniel, I don't, I was doing the Daniel Bryan chant. Yeah, but just... it's kind of like you were rubbing it in their face. <laughs> um, yeah, I did the Daniel Bryan chant. And then after that, I uh, did not do the Daniel Bryan chant because it is frowned upon. Um, apparently, because you can't do a Daniel Bryan chant. If there, you want to chant, chant. You bet your butt I did that first time. But then after that, I, you know, I just wasn't going to get into it. But... Daniel Bryan, we appreciate you and your yes chant. <laughs> Islanders, not so much. But yeah, but we did have a lot taking place with uh, wrestling out pro wrestling. Yeah, with marking <laughs> out and uh, Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro, which we were supposed to see Shayna Baszler versus Nia Jax, but that opened up Monday Night Raw with a brawl. They were brawling before Raw even started, and then Raquel Rodriguez showed up. She went after Nia Jax, and she accidentally took out Shayna Baszler. And then Rhea Ripley ran down to brawl with Nia Jax, and the four of them brawled, and it had to be separated. So people were still expecting to see Nia versus Shayna, but I was like, I don't think that's happening. Yeah, something that I liked was that Rhea Ripley, to do the Riptide, she actually had that security guard like locked in it and she had to turn to face the hard cam. Like I thought that that was really solid ring, uh, ring awareness. And then she stayed out there and called the judgment day out. And Damien priest showed up with uh Dominic Dominic. He was super embarrassed looking and rightfully so maybe, uh, I mean, not to jump ahead, but to jump ahead, he lost his championship at, at uh, No Mercy. Yeah. So he was embarrassed from that. Rhea Ripley was pissed off and she said, she's the one who comes up with all the plans. And when she was out, she left Damien Priest in charge and he couldn't do it. And Damien Priest pointed blame to Dominic because Dominic no longer had his championship. He said, I have my title. He doesn't have his. So Rhea Ripley got Dominic a rematch for NXT, which we'll talk about. And she basically said that if he doesn't win that title, don't bother coming home. Yeah, she laid it totally out to to Dominic. And then you know. Jay, Jay Uso came out and kind of hit on Rhea Ripley, I guess, and referred to her as the new tribal chief on Monday Night Raw. And yeah. Damian Priest went to square up, but Dominic stopped him because Damian Priest is not cleared. So Dominic was like, I'll I'll do it. And Dominic ended up getting super kicked. JD McDonough showed up and jumped Jay Uso. Dom jumped back in and uh Cody made the save. Yeah. Cody was also interviewed mid show later on 
uh, in that typical Cody slot, which I really don't get. But he basically just said that him and Jay are going to be at SmackDown. So I'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Because both Jay and Cody Rhodes have a tag team title shot. Yeah. First match of the evening, though, saw Imperium pick up the victory over Alpha Academy. I thought it was a, a decent match, standard tag match, really. With the, the main story really being that Giovanni Vinci maybe be the, the he might be the weak link in that team but he actually held on to Otis's leg when Otis was on the middle rope and it got them the victory yeah I thought that this match was uh pretty solid though and then you later know? on Otis was disappointed that they lost and Chad Gable said that Gunter peaked and he's still he's keeping track of everything in his head he still wants the Intercontinental Championship yeah, so. we'll see what happens with that. But next up, you had Bronson Reed pick up the victory over Cedric Alexander. Thick, thick boom all the Cedric, way. Cedric put up a fight, though. Yeah, that's true. He knew he wasn't winning, but there was still it wasn't like a complete squash or anything. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. I wish we'd see him more. Maybe he can go to mm-hmm. NXT and um, be on TV maybe. a lot. It'd be nice. That would be good. That would be good. But next up, you had Xavier Woods pick up the victory over Ivar. Um, Kofi on commentary. Yeah, Kofi on commentary. But Woods picking up Ivar, big takeaway, you know, after his ankle injury and everything. That's a huge, uh, huge thing for him. I had a feeling that Xavier Woods was going to win this, but I was, like, pulling for Ivar. I understand that. Woods would have needed to get that victory, though. And it was cool to see the fans go nuts when Xavier Woods... I mean, it was a cool spot. He got Ivar up for that Phantom Driver. Mm-hmm. And I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. And then Woods kind of won out of nowhere with a, a quick pin. But Ivar ends up taking New Day out afterwards. He hit a moonsault onto both of them. And then it was announced that Kofi Kingston will be facing Ivar... In the very first singles Viking Rules match next week. And that's going to be interesting. Me. Yeah, I mean, Kofi Kingston was involved in the first one back in 2022. Uh, but Ivar is undefeated in them. And when they first did that Vikings Rules match, we were like, mm, Viking Rules match? People were like, nah, this is going to suck. This is dumb. And then it was a fantastic match. And then a few months Very go by, they do it again, and it's like, oh my god, this is amazing. So yeah. right now, I'm going into Monday Night Raw next week with high hopes for this match. Um, I'm not going to set my uh, bar too high. I, th- I mean, I think they set the bar for it to be high already. Yeah. We saw Seth Rollins come out, and uh, Michael Cole interviewed him. And Michael Cole said that it seems like Seth Rollins is the puppet this time around when he's usually the one pulling the strings, which Twitter pointed out is something from a CM Punk Ring of Honor promo. That's interesting. People think, oh, CM Punk showing up at Survivor Series in Chicago and he's coming after Seth Rollins. Yeah. So 
maybe that's something to note. Maybe it's not. I have no idea. I would I, not have known that. Yeah, I definitely don't think that's going to be related. I mean, we don't know. Wrestling never say never. Never say never. We didn't think CM Punk was going to be uh, talking about WWE when he returned to television for uh, backstage. That's and then true. He, and then we didn't think CM Punk would be returning to pro wrestling, and then he did in AEW. Mm-hmm. So maybe he does return. I don't know. I guess we will definitely see what happens with that. But Michael Cole asked Seth Rollins why he's putting himself through a last man standing match when his back is messed up. And Seth basically goes, how long have you been doing commentary for WWE? And how many years, how many shows have you missed over those years? And it was literally only two shows in 26 years. Wow. So Seth Rollins is like, like, hello, like, you haven't missed pretty much a single show. Yeah. I'm not going to miss a single show. Yeah, he's like, how can you be calling me out when you're doing the same thing? It's not really the same thing at all, but I understand the comparison. Well, it's... Yeah, exactly. There's a comparison there. Right. But uh, Shinsuke Nakamura had a video interrupt, and it was a distraction for the real Shinsuke to show up and hit Seth Rollins, and then they did the count. Seth got up. Nakamura was the chair. I like this. I, I like this aspect where you had Nakamura sneak up behind him and attack him, and then he starts counting on the screen. And then, which I f- I think is kind of goofy. Even the the video I, itself playing, if you're doing subtitles, don't cut away from the video. I thought that it was perfect. I I I, don't know. I, I liked that part. I liked him doing the countdown on the screen, and then I, I don't mind him. it. I just think this segment went on way too long. I don't think it went on too long. I think it told a story of leading up to Fastlane. I think you could have done one less ten count. Nah. I don't know. I thought it was but, good. But yeah, Nakamura ends up hitting that Kinshasa and then did a live fast count to 10. Mm-hmm. So early in the night, though, Becky Lynch and uh, Tegan Knox were supposed to wrestle. But due to Becky Lynch having a disgusting laceration from her match at No Mercy on her arm, she was yeah, not was brutal. cleared to compete. Yes, absolutely disgusting. How they even show that on television, I have no idea. But... Chelsea Green interrupted Tegan Knox and Adam Pierce, and Becky Lynch we saw speak to Tegan Knox and said that she wishes she could wrestle her, but she will once she's cleared. And then Natalia showed up and and wanted to apologize to Tegan Knox and basically just tell her that she's proud of her. And then that leads into the match where we see Tegan Knox pick up the victory over Chelsea Green. We saw Piper somewhat get involved, but Natalia ran down and, and backed up Tegan Knox. So, yeah. I mean, we could kind of, at this point, maybe uh, say Natalia is kind of like a female big show. <laughs> I guess uh, you can definitely say that. I don't know where I feel with Natalia involvement in this. I don't, I don't know. She, but I, I, yeah. <laughs> The match, it really wasn't that long of a match. We had a Molly go round. We had the shiniest wizard and then uh, an eventual victory by Tegan Knox. So at least we're getting Tegan Knox on television. And uh, I'm happy to see Chelsea always too. 
Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. After that, we saw Drew McIntyre come out and talk. It was supposed to be a Miz TV segment, but Drew McIntyre earlier in the night canceled it. Now, this part I could have done a little bit less of. This, uh, he starts off by mocking Cody Rhodes by doing the, so what do you want to talk about? And then he ends up saying that he doesn't owe an explanation to anyone in the locker room and he only cares about the fans and he's done getting into other people's business and we saw the Miz interrupt him and Drew McIntyre told him to leave, which is kind of weird because we already knew that this was a match. They announced it on Twitter for some reason. Mm. So Miz told him he was looking out for Drew McIntyre last week and... McIntyre said that he earns everything he gets, unlike The Miz. And then lays out a challenge to Miz, so Miz uh, tried to say no. He's like, both of us aren't dressed. And then he said he was wrong about calling Drew McIntyre Batman the other week. Because he's actually (laughs) Two-Face. And Miz went to walk away and be the quote-unquote bigger man, but ran back to go sneak attack Drew McIntyre. McIntyre, I guess, gets the upper hand, picks up the victory over The Miz, who wrestled in a suit. Yeah, this part, yeah. But Miz tried to cheat, and the referee caught him taking the the pad off in in the corner of the turnbuckle, and Drew McIntyre goes to hit the Claymore, and he did the countdown. The fans count with him. And then he stopped. And then it's like, that's interesting. It seems like they're going to be turning Drew McIntyre heel. I mean, they, they've they been turning him heel. But it's weird I because this. he no longer cares three. about the fans. I mean, he no longer cares about the wrestlers in the back and being buddies with them. But he still cares about the fans. So it's like, not 100%. Like, who's he turning heel on? He's turning I mean, heel on the, the good guys. I, I said this three weeks ago when this started. He's turning heel. You know, this isn't, I don't think that this is anything that they've been hiding, but he is definitely having a heel turn right now. So he grabbed the sword, and when the referee was dealing with that, he ripped the the turnbuckle pad off and smashed the Miz's face into it, and then won, surprisingly for me at least, with a Future Shock DDT. Yeah. I thought that was a, a cool way to finish it, but... I'm always a huge fan of any DDT finisher, and his future shock is always incredible. Um, yeah, I'm, I think that this is a good thing for Drew McIntyre's character. I think that he has been becoming stale-ish, so I think that this is really good. We saw Trick Williams interviewed to hype up his match for NXT with uh, Dominic, and then... Dominic, Rhea Ripley, and J.D. McDonough interrupted, and Rhea Ripley warned Trick that they won't be coming to NXT alone. So. Yeah. Huge fan of uh, what took place with that one. But earlier in the night, you had a contract signing taking place with Champa and Gunther. For that IC championship. Um, Which is something that Champa said that he dreamt about having since he was a kid. And next week he said he's, he's going to have his family and they're going to be there. But he's not fighting for them. He'll be fighting for the five-year-old who wanted that. 
who dreamt of the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. And Gunther was annoyed that Champa wasn't dressed up for a contract signing. And Champa's like, you know what? Screw this. Instead of having this match next week, Adam Pierce, you're out here. Maybe we could just change the wording a little bit. Let's move the match to later on. And, and that's Adam exactly Pierce, what he did. Yeah, Adam Pierce accepted. Gunter accepted, and it led to a brawl. Yeah, due to a push from Gunter. I mean, Gunther totally launching that table to the outside too. I thought you know? something and, and was going to be hitting the crowd. I know. I was just about to say, anytime that somebody like Gunther. Uh, tosses a table to the outside of the ring, I'm always like, I please don't hit a corner and then bounce into the crowd. Please don't hit the crowd. It was first that table and then the, the chair went. And I was like, oh, that's going to yeah. bounce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But luckily exactly. it didn't. But then you know? fast forward to the main event, we saw Gunter pick up the victory over Champa to retain the Intercontinental Championship. And what a good match this was. This was I, incredible. I do wonder if No Mercy influenced this at all, though. Like, to see how crazy good Carmelo versus Ilya was. Uh-huh. Like, maybe, like... I, like, I don't know if that was the plan to move Champa versus Walter, uh, Gunter to this week instead of actually having it next week. hmm Like, maybe it was, like, a strike while the iron's hot sort of thing, or I have no idea. Yeah. But, like you said, this was a, a very good match. Uh, we saw Gunter hit Champa with two power bombs. He ripped him off the mat for uh, a sleeper and then Champa went out and that was the end of that match but the fans were really rallying behind Champa when he was in that sleeper hold as if it was the middle of the match and when he was locked yeah. in that sleeper hold I was like oh it, we must have so much time left over Champa's obviously going to escape that and then obviously the match will continue Gunter will do something else and then win but then you look over at the time and they're almost out of time so I was surprised that that was the end of the match, but Imperium ends up jumping Champa, and Johnny Gargano finally makes the 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 save and makes the return. Yeah, I mean this was an incredible moment, predictable at the end with the return of Gargano. We miss. I don't think that's predictable. I mean, I texted I don't think you, it was right fully before. predictable. At least. I don't know. I definitely He's been pre- off TV for months. I definitely figured that he was going to be returning as two people were beating down. Champa after the match. I, I was mean, I was expecting Alpha Academy. I wouldn't have expected that. My I was one hundred percent expecting Alpha Academy. They were just tied in earlier. Yeah, my mind went directly to Gargano, but unfortunately, that makes no sense. Dude, <laughs> I I don't know. Unfortunately, due to timing, uh, we didn't get to see the finisher. Yeah, what is it? Meet us in the middle. Meet me in the middle. Or maybe yeah, that's not we, even it at all. You know, unfortunately, they went over. Yeah, it uh, it stopped and instantly what went to what was it Chucky? I think so. I so think that so. sucks. I wish there was time to show that there was like more embrace or something. And then there were fans that were were on Twitter saying, "Ugh, nobody popped for Johnny Gargano. DIY sucks." And I'm like, I was gonna say that it didn't sound like the crowd reacted too much when his music first hit. No, but when they saw Johnny Gargano, I think they they finally reacted. Um, that comes down to that garbage version of his theme song. Get rid of that. Yeah, I think that the reaction was definitely lackluster. But for the, when he got out there and they realized it was him, it was not lackluster. Yeah. Well, 
Talking about something that was not lackluster was WWE NXT No Mercy taking place this weekend. Kicking off with Blair Davenport picking up the victory over Kalani Jordan. Um, interesting spot with the referee getting involved. Um, I guess. You know, but... I thought I thought I don't this think was... Any, uh, like, I figured that Blair Davenport was going to be winning this. Yeah. But Kalani Jordan got a lot in. The... Faint, the tiger faint arm drag that she did was dope. She does mm-hmm. that in all her matches now, I guess. It's it's a fantastic move. Mm-hmm. The split-legged moonsault from her could have like been a scary moment, and luckily it wasn't. But the aftermath of this was that Gigi Dolan attacked Blair Davenport. And that sets up NXT TV. Yeah. The first match on the actual card was Baron Corbin picking up the victory over Braun Breaker. And I like how on the kickoff they explained that this match was opening the show because Shawn Michaels didn't want to have to worry about having them separate and 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 have like extra security try to separate the two of them given mm-hmm. how NXT ended. So we open with this. Braun Breaker comes out with a Kind of a goofy dog hood. I didn't like that. Some angles that looked bad, but mm-hmm. Baron Corbin rode out on a motorcycle. Uh, what's the? Why can't I think of his name? Ghost Rider. A la Ghost Rider. Oh, Ghost Rider. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, and his tights were were I think mad nice. But Brown Breaker starts off the match with that huge dive, which I thought was dope. And then they brawled in the crowd before the match actually began. Uh, And I thought this was a really good match for both of them. We saw Baron Corbin put Braun Breaker through a table. Braun got up and speared the absolute hell out of Baron Corbin. And he threw him back into the ring and went to lock the, the Steiner recliner on. But Robert Stone shows up out of nowhere. Hits a diving crossbody. And Braun Breaker caught Robert Stone. And threw him from the ring, and then Braun Breaker turned uh, into the end of days to to lose the match. There was no follow-up on NXT with Robert Stone. Yeah, no no explanation or anything like that. Well, explanation, I can put two and two together. He's standing up for Von Wagner, but there Mm -hmm. was still no mention of it. So I think they should have mentioned that. Next up was a big match that many people were looking forward to. Trick Williams picked up the victory over Dominic to become the new North American champion. Um, Very, very surprising. Dragon Lee was the referee. Also, rumors, I guess, the, the news sites reported that Mustafa Ali was supposed to win the title. Wow. And maybe keep it for months. So that's unfortunate. But they had a very, very good match. And we saw Dragon Lee get knocked down at one point. Another referee came down to uh, to count. But Trick got out of the pin, which maybe he didn't realize there was a new referee there. I, that spot was weird. But Dominic accidentally went like full speed into the new referee. I kind of really didn't like how Trick won. Mm-hmm. 
because like Dominic, he grabbed the title, Trick ducked it, and then kneaded into Dominic's face. He already accidentally got this title shot. And now he's kind of cheating, but not cheating to get the victory. I think that's fine. It's it's the face using what the heels cannot use. I understand that, but yeah. he already accidentally got himself into this match. I don't know. I'm not going to overthink it. I think that's fine. Well, after that, they showed a clip of Joe Gacy spiraling. This was from last week, and he said, all hope is gone. He said, schism's dead, and this wasn't the right family for Ava. And he made her leave. So what happens next with Ava, we don't know. There was nothing to follow this up with on NXT TV. It really seems like the dyad are gone from WWE as of like next week or so. Mm-hmm. So what's next for Joe Gacy? What's next for Ava? We don't well, know. We'll have to see. I mean, we'll see if even Ava splits from Joe Gacy. Is he telling her to go to the bloodline? Mm. Mm. Maybe well, she'll maybe she'll start teaming with Tamina. Mm. Nobody well, Mina. Well, talking about family, the family picked up the victory over Los Lotharios, Lucian Price, Broco, Nima, and the Crees to retain the championship. Um, eh. It's Bronco. Yeah. The, the, the big mud. spot here of, was uh, Tony's knee going out. And the wrestlers took a bit to recover from that, and I still have no idea if that was supposed to happen or not. And it kind of sucked the the wind out of the crowd. We saw Scripps get involved, and Ivy Nile drop kicked the absolute hell out of him off of the ring steps, and I thought that was a dope spot. The match, though, kind of got messy. It got super chaotic to the point where I could not remember who like the legal competitors were. Mm-hmm. But Tony D'Angelo made his way back out with a knee brace on. He was limping, so I still don't know if it was like a hook, line, and sinker or what. But he came back out. They ends up all all everybody in the match ended up doing like that four way superplex spot, mm-hmm. which I think looked nice. But ultimately, the family picked up the victory, and I have absolutely no idea if it was a, a real knee injury or what. Yeah, makes you makes you wonder about that one. We saw another vignette air for Brian Pillman Jr. He was flipping through the TV channels and saw the likes of Charlotte Flair. We saw Briggs and Jensen on that. We saw the bloodline, uh, Jey Uso by himself, Von Wagner, Braun Breaker, uh, not Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, and Randy Orton. And then he turns off the TV and we kind of like saw him in the reflection of the TV. So... I mean, if you know, you know sort of situation. I mean, USA confirmed it. I, that, that article doesn't make sense. But this, this vignette, the common denominator of everybody that was shown were multi-generational talents. Yeah. Obviously, Charlotte with Ric Flair. Uh, Brooks Jensen with Bull Buchanan. The Bloodline is the Bloodline. Von Wagner's the Beverly brother. Braun Breaker, obviously Rick. I don't mm-hmm. have to name Randy Orton and Dominic. Everybody knows. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that USA article, I don't like that. It's not, it's not a WWE article. It's not an official thing. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know why they would post that. That's like beyond goofy to me. It read like a dirt sheet, like a really, really bad dirt sheet. They're, first of all, using a picture from AEW for him. Mm-hmm. And, and secondly, they take a random shot at David Flair for some reason. <laughs> like, what article is that? Why is that a thing? I don't understand that at all. That's true. That's true. So well, after that vignette, we got Noam Dar picking up the victory over Butch to retain the NXT Heritage Cup. Uh, which Noam Dar took a shot after a, a cheap shot after the first round, but Noam Dar ended up getting the first fall after another cheap shot from Oro Mensa in round two. We saw Jakara and Lash Legend distract the referee, but Butch was able to tie it up in in round three, and Noam Dar was. Definitely out at the end of round four, but the referee, for some reason, wouldn't check him. And then the time ran out. I did not like that spot because that made the referee look dumb, to me at least. Mm -hmm. But the elbow drop from Noan Dar in round five I thought was a crazy spot. Uh, And then Butch got Noam Dar back for the cheap shot after round one, after round five. And we saw Oro Mensa get involved again. He hit Butch. And Tyler Bate had enough. Tyler Bate's out there in his corner, British strong style. And he took Oro Mensa out. But then Gallus attacked Tyler Bate. So Butch, instead of focusing on the match and leaving that submission locked in on Noam Dar, lets it out. Lets it out. Joe, Joe Coffey got in the ring to take Butch out. but uh, And that's when Lash Legend distracted the referee and Noam Dar won off of that. Mm. So it sets up British Strong Style teaming up for the first time in years to take on Gallus for NXT TV. So I was pumped with that. I'm I'm happy that that Noam Dar retains that, and he's continuing this as the NXT Heritage Champion. I don't know what's next for that though. Yeah, it's it's tough to to see what's next. But talking about next. Dragunov picked up the victory over Hayes to become the new NXT champion. I mean, the writing was on the wall. For you, I guess I still had <laughs> I still had thoughts of Carmelo Hayes retaining, but I'm so happy that Ilya Dragunov is champion. This was a really good match, a great match. Like I said during Monday Night Raw, I thought maybe they put Gunther versus Champa because of this match. Mm-hmm. Maybe they did it because of Brian Danielson and, and Zack Sabre Jr. I don't know. Both were fantastic matches, but uh, very hard hitting from Dragunov, which was expected. And yeah. Carmelo Hayes gave it back at times. So overall, I think it was it was really exciting because I didn't know who was walking out with the championship. I thought when Dragunov hit that H-bomb from the middle rope, it was about to be over. Mm-hmm. And then he hit a second one, and I thought that was it. But he finally hit a third one from the top rope and picked up the victory there. And they shook hands and hugged. Yeah. I like, then, that. I like that after, like, Dragunov was, like, celebrating and encouraging Hayes to, like, like, yelling at him, like, get up. You know, like, Dragunov, like, showing that he knows what Hayes is made of. And that Hayes remaining on the ground, defeated, wasn't Hayes. And Dragunov pretty much scolding him to get 
up right now and stuff like that. I love Dragunov's intensity throughout. And then uh, NXT No Mercy actually closed with Carmelo meeting up with Trick after Becky and Tiffany Stratton. And I don't know if that was necessary to do. Like mm. Trick, Trick told Carmelo, you should still be proud of yourself even with that loss. But to take away from Becky Lynch's celebration as if nothing big happened, I feel like was weird. Mm-hmm. But after that that match, we saw the NXT breakout tournament competitors announced. We saw Jakara Jackson announced. Carmen Petra, what is it? Petrovich, I think. Lola Vice, mm-hmm. Jada Parker, Izzy Dame, Danny Palmer, Kalani Jordan, and Ariana Grace. And I feel like the breakout tournament should be people that we have not seen before. I agree. Jakara, I could kind of understand. She's been with Metaphor, so we really we saw her in like three tag matches, maybe. Mm-hmm. Lola Vice, we've seen in tag matches. Danny Palmer, we've seen. And Ariana Grace was in last year's tournament. She unfortunately got injured, so I could still understand her being in this. She wasn't able to break out due to a, a really bad injury. Kalani Jordan, though, she was on the kickoff show. Mm-hmm. Is that not breakout? I feel like that's weird. Yeah. Well, but the main event we saw Becky Lynch pick up the victory over Tiffany Stratton to retain the women's championship inside an Extreme Rules match. We saw Tegan Knox in the crowd, so I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know Tegan Knox did not face Becky Lynch yet, but Becky Lynch wore a T-shirt with previous nicknames she had her daughter's name she had seth rollins name she had bray wyatt's name on there as well so i thought that was pretty cool yeah i agree i thought that was a nice touch i was not expecting this match i guess this was a great main event tiffany stratton actually got busted open and she was beyond prepared for this match yeah this was this was a hard hitting match when Becky Lynch held up that black bag, I, I legitimately thought she was about to pour thumbtacks out. But they were broken Barbies, which people were like, this is such a bad spot, blah, blah. Brother, are you not watching the product? Tiffany Stratton is literally compared to Barbie. It nah. makes so much sense that it would be broken Barbies for that. Yeah. So that popped me. I don't know if Mattel is happy about that, but I thought that was funny. Becky Lynch busted out a barbed wire bat. Which uh, ended up flying from her hands. She's lucky that that didn't fly into the crowd. Yeah, once again, I mean, <laughs> they got to be careful. <laughs> but we had two good barricade spots with Tiffany Stratton putting Becky Lynch through both of them, both times. Yeah, that I mean, that spot with the cartwheel into putting her Becky Lynch through the uh, barricade was awesome. Handstand, I believe we we settled on. Uh, yeah, yeah, that we could go with the handstand. <laughs> Uh, Trip Tiffany Stratton hitting uh, that swanton onto the table when when it barely broke that that seemed brutal. Yeah, she hit another swanton in the ring and Becky Lynch kicked out and then Tiffany Stratton missed a moonsault and landed on the the pile of chairs and Becky Lynch picked her up, hit that manhandle slam onto them and then picked up the victory. Yeah. And even in defeat, Twitter was saying how bright Tiffany Stratton's career is going to be because of this match. Yeah, and shame on anybody that thinks otherwise. 
Well done to both of them. Yeah. NXT opens up with Becky Lynch, and she brought up how she's not medically cleared to compete, and she mentioned wanting to, to, to defend the title at Halloween Havoc that's coming up. They announced that's two weeks in a row. And we saw Lyra Valkyria interrupt, and she said that the very first episode of NXT that she saw was the episode where Becky Lynch debuted, and she started training to become a pro wrestler that week. Because Becky Lynch made the impossible seem possible. And now she wants a title shot. People uh, on the internet, sleuths of sorts, came back with uh, receipts of Lyra Valkyria cheering against Becky Lynch and being a huge Sasha Banks fan. So I thought that was pretty funny. But she wants a title shot. We saw Indy Hartwell show up. This is a, uh, I guess, a dot-com exclusive or something. Becky Lynch ran into Indy Hartwell backstage at Monday Night Raw, and she was like, well, maybe just show up at NXT then. So Indy showed up. She never lost the championship. Nah, she dropped it for injury. And because she was going to be on the main roster, even though dot, 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 everyone else was keeping their titles. Yeah. And then Roxanne Perez showed up. She wants a title shot. And Becky Lynch was like, well, fight for it. And later on, we got Lyra Valkyria picking up the victory over Indy Hartwell and Roxanne Perez to move on to Halloween Havoc to face Becky Lynch. And she was out there doing commentary. I thought this was a very good triple threat match. Yeah. And I don't know how often we get something like that. No. This this was a really solid match, especially with everything that's on the line with uh, Halloween Havoc to go go up against Becky Lynch. This was this was a really awesome match, and there were a lot of good like pin spots here. Mm-hmm. And Roxanne Perez basically had it all won, but Kiana James showed up out of nowhere, pulled her out of the ring. Of course, it's no DQ because it's a triple threat. And Becky Lynch ended up kicking Kiana James, but Lyra Valkyria was already up on the top rope. She hit that splash onto Indy Hartwell and picked up the victory. Mm-hmm. And then Tegan Knox showed up to, to I guess, stare down Becky Lynch and Lyra. So, and then we had Kiana James say that she, she started the same exact time as Roxanne Perez. And she wants people to see her on the same level as Roxanne Perez. They were, I think, both in that breakout tournament. Mm-hmm. And if Roxanne wants a match with her, then she's going to have to go through a big challenge next week. That being Asuka. How Kiana James got Asuka to fight a battle for her, I have no idea. But we have Asuka versus Roxanne Perez booked for next week. so I think that's going to be awesome. I'm pumped for that, big time. Yeah. After that, we saw British Strong Style pick up the victory over Gallus, which in two... First of all, before I say in 2023, it's cool to see them. In 2023, it's really cool that DIY closed Monday Night Raw. I thought that was really cool, but this Mm -hmm. was dope as well, and I wish this match was longer. Yeah. We got a lot of British Strong Style antics from Butch and Tyler Bate done as tag team spots. Like, we saw double bop and bangs. I thought that was fun. Also, the, the, I guess, what do you call it? The ripping of the fingers? I don't know if that has a a necessary uh, title to it, but uh, we saw Joe Coffey, though. Hit Tyler Bate from uh, behind the referee's back. 
and then attacked again when the, the match was over. And it was Ridge Holland who made the save. So I think it's cool to see him get involved with British Strong Style now. Obviously, Trent Seven is no longer in NXT, no longer in WWE. So it's only it fitting sense. that, yeah, Butch's tag team partner is Ridge Holland. So it it makes complete sense that he'd be involved. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it would be cool with Trent Seven if it was him, but understandable. I mean, me and you were talking and we don't know what the circumstances are with everything but would have been cool yeah we saw Ilya Dragunov come out and he put Carmelo Hayes over Trick Williams came out and he thanked Ilya Dragunov for pushing him to the level that he's currently at and Carmelo Hayes came out he's like I always told you that I believed in you and he kind of alluded to Trick not being ready for a rematch with Dominic which Dominic then came out and Carmelo Hayes said that he's going to be in Trick Williams' corner because he knows that the Judgment Day always get involved. He knows how they roll. Yeah. And I like that Ilya was the reason why he was able to win and it wasn't Trick. Uh, it wasn't Carmelo. I thought that was an interesting like addition to the story between Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, it's it's definitely making it very interesting between the two of them. And I think it's, I don't know, he's definitely, I can't see being too happy with all of the attention that Trick Williams is getting. I mean, even later on, we saw Braun Breaker meet up with Carmelo Hayes. And he said that he's the only person to know how Carmelo feels. He knows there's frustrations. He knows there's rage. And instead of bottling it inside, he should use it. And he told him to take Trick out, and Mello yelled at him. And Braun Breaker was like, remember, it was you who went out to seek Trick Williams after the loss. It wasn't the other way around. Mm -hmm. So, and then we saw Carmelo leave before the main event. Yeah, not even sticking around. I mean, your man needed your help, and he just bailed. He requested a match with Braun Breaker next week. He got a very important phone call and dipped. The very important phone call was from John Cena, who will be in Carmelo's corner. Yeah, this is a huge announcement. I mean, John Cena, is this the not the first time we've seen him on NXT, is it? I I don't I can't don't no, it's not the first time. He was there years ago. Right? I feel like there was a time like many, many years ago that he was on, but I mean... Yeah, there was an episode that he he, he did. Yeah, there was an episode of NXT. With yeah. Has he ever actually had a match on NXT? I don't think so. Yeah. But even still, I think that's incredible. I think and uh, John Cena on NXT is, is great. We also saw Baron Corbin meet up with Ilya Dragunov, and he told him outside of Carmelo... He's the only one who has a victory over him. Mm -hmm. So he should be next in line for the NXT championship. Whether that happens, we don't know. Mm -hmm. Gigi Dolan picked up the victory over Blair Davenport. We saw Gigi attack Blair before the match. And Blair tried to use a chair at one point. And Gigi ends up moving. And they continued. And then Gigi went to go get the chair. The referee stopped her, and Blair went to use it, and Gigi Dolan rolled her up for the victory. So it's obviously not over between the two of them, so I get the match not being longer. Mm. 
But NXT, man, I mean, even going into the next match, they showcased women very well this week. I agree with you. I think that it was heavy hitting, a lot of women action, uh, and the storylines. There were four in a row. Yeah. And it's not just thrown together. Each one has a solid storyline that they're piecing together. Yeah, and they all make sense. We have the breakout tournament. Kalani Jordan picked up the victory over Izzy Dame. And I think Izzy was impressive. She got to show off her strength. But Kalani Jordan's my pick to win this tournament. Kalani Jordan. Um, all right. It's too bad Dana Brooks no longer there to cheer her yeah, on. It doesn't matter. But no, it doesn't. Unfortun- it doesn't. Yeah, and unfortunately, even if she was there, guess what? Fans didn't care. We're well, we're the only we're I the care. yeah we're the only we're the, we're the only two people that actually cared. Sorry, Dana Brooke, we are. Then we saw we saw Thea Hale and J.C. Jane pick up the victory over Electra Lopez and Lola Vice, uh, which backstage J.C. got everyone to do like a collective chase you thing backstage, which Andre Chase uh, obviously very skeptical but joined in and uh i mean with matches like this i don't really understand why lola vice is in the breakout tournament just like kalani just like i said before Mm -hmm. but uh but yeah four back-to-back women's matches i thought was fantastic and this match was a lot of fun yeah take that tony i think thea hale is super entertaining Especially when she locks in the Kimura, and that's how she ended the match. Yeah, is it is she so, leaving them at some point though? Uh, that's what I don't know because now it's like Thea Hale was kind of corrupted by J.C. Jane, but now J.C. she's still pulling strings mm-hmm. to get Andre Chase and Duke Hudson on her side. But maybe Thea Hale also like rubs off on J.C. Maybe. Or maybe we see Chase U-turn, like, dark. Mm-hmm. Maybe they start wearing black sweaters instead of the reds or something. I don't know. Okay. But uh, main event of NXT TV saw Dominic Mysterio pick up the victory over Trick Williams to become the new North American champion. So his reign only lasted three days, unfortunately. But Rhea Ripley was out there. Damian Priest and Finn Balor showed up. We knew that Carmelo Hayes said he was going to be in Trick's corner, but he left. And Rhea Ripley caused a distraction, threw the championship in, which Dominic hit a DDT on, and and everyone else got involved. JD McDonough showed up. Dominic went to use that briefcase, and Finn Balor clocked Trick Williams with the tag title. And then Dominic hit the frog splash to win, so he had literally everything against him. There was no, ch- there was no shot, no chance. No, he was, he definitely had the cards stacked against him, one hundred percent in this. And I mean, even the way that the ending happened, it was. There's nothing you can do. I mean, you had it from the left side, you had the distraction. Then on the right side, you had another distraction. What I did like is that it took like one, two. I think it was like two distractions before the actual connection to Trick Williams with a. Uh, actual successful hit yeah and then and then everyone what's the point of trick being champion why did he do that well it shows that he wasn't ready he showed that he couldn't take on the judgment day by himself yeah exactly hello throwback to the promo that was taking place earlier 
Like, it makes perfect sense. Exactly. Plus, it also plays into the Carmelo Hayes aspect where he was on his own out there. Carmelo was not there to support hey, him. Hey, man, I thought I thought you said you had my back. Exactly. Where were you? Oh, I got a phone call from John Cena. Sorry, I had yeah, to Yeah, more it. important than me being by your side and helping you out. And then NXT ends with Paul Heyman. And I was like, wait a minute. First, he's hyping the show up. Then I thought he was about to announce that Roman Reigns is about to be on <laughs> NXT. But he announced that as per, I think, Roman Reigns' orders, he's going to be in Braun Breaker's corner next week in that match. So we have Paul Heyman on one side. We got John Cena on the other side. Rumors, I guess, uh, at... Uh, what is the show? Hmm. Crown Jewel. Rumors of John Cena versus Roman Reigns for the championship. Ah. So maybe that starts next week on NXT. I don't know. I gotcha. Okay. It was also announced that next week on NXT, Cody Rhodes is going to have a major announcement, which I have to assume is going to be the Dusty Classic. Maybe it's not, but uh, they're they're saying they're they're dubbing this as his, or not dubbing, billing it as his debut, his NXT debut. Mm-hmm. Not the case. No, far from it. Cody actually. Rhodes is an NXT original, first of all, from season two of NXT, I believe, with Husky Harris. Oh wow! Also, uh, like a, uh, a mentor to Husky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throwback to that. A pro. I, also, he, Cody wrestled. Not, he he was on uh, non televised matches for NXT. You ever so wonder whatever technically, happened to Eli Cottonwood? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but this is, of course, all a, a stacked show next Tuesday because AEW has Title Tuesday, ah. and uh, because the MLB playoffs will be on Wednesday, they can't have Dynamite on Wednesday. They're getting pushed to Tuesday. So. That makes sense. On Tony Khan's birthday, Cody Rhodes got a major announcement, so he's gonna say happy birthday. And right now I don't I really feel like the stuff that they announced for not to jump ahead to later, but I, I feel like the stuff that they announced for Title Tuesday is not bigger than even John Cena being in the corner of Carmelo Hayes. Mm-hmm. Like, they have Edge's debut match, but it's against Luchasaurus, so it's like... Mm. I don't know. I want to see that match. I'm definitely going to be watching that instead of NXT. Do you know they're the same height? Is that not crazy? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. I think I said a long time ago that I do see a lot of um, Edge. Well, Luchas- I see a lot of Edge within Luchasaurus. So, it's definitely a match that I am looking forward to a lot. So... Well, that's NXT moving over to SmackDown. First and foremost, I want to say that they aired an NXT ad, and uh, Undertaker's basically confirmed for Tuesday now. They added a gong to the end of the commercial, so I think we'll see Undertaker 100%. SmackDown, though, kicked off with LA Knight, who was immediately cut off by the bloodline, and Paul Heyman said that he knows who will typically be the next big thing. And right now the next big thing is LA Knight. And then Jimmy told LA Knight that he's not making it to fast lane. They went to get into the ring. Obviously John Cena ran down. Paul Heyman got them to leave. And LA Knight pitched Jimmy Uso versus him later on. And Paul Heyman said, absolutely not. At the same exact time that Jimmy Uso said, yeah, 
which I thought was really funny because Paul's like, what do you mean? Yeah. And then later on, we saw the Judgment Day arrive to SmackDown. They ended up in the Bloodlines locker room. And Rhea Ripley made everybody leave so her and Paul Heyman could talk. And Paul Heyman said that Roman Reigns needs to authorize whatever Rhea Ripley was talking about. And she told him that he either acknowledges her like Jay Uso did on Monday Night Raw, or they find out if the Judgment Day is stronger than the Bloodline. So I'll talk more about that in a minute. First match of the evening saw Charlotte Flair and Asuka pick up the victory over Damage Control. There was a moment where EO tried to tag Bailey in, but Bailey wasn't paying attention. And then we also saw Bailey bite the bullet for Asuka at one point to save EO, even though that led to both members of Damage Control there getting got. But there were a lot of awkward spots in this match. Charlotte accidentally took uh, Asuka off the, the apron. She kicked her off the apron. And then Flair pushed Bailey into EO to knock her off the apron, and then Charlotte won the match. We saw Bobby Lashley pick up the victory over Rey Mysterio, which I thought was a very entertaining match. And it started out like a David versus Goliath gimmick, and it had that sprinkled in throughout the match, but it was not fully that. And I wasn't expecting this match to be as long as it was. I was not expecting to be enjoying it as much as I did, I guess. But I like this match. I like that 619 that that Ray did to Bobby Lashley's gut. LWO and the Street Profits ended up fighting ringside. Ray Mysterio took the Street Profits out and when he got back in the ring from that, Bobby Lashley speared the heck out of him. So that cost him the match later on. Ray and Zelina and uh, Santos Escobar were concerned about who they're going to be partnering up with. Ray Mysterio said he'll make a phone call, so forget everything I say about Dragon Lee. I think he's out. I don't think he's in that picture at all. I think we're getting Carlito, we're getting Bad Bunny, or we're getting somebody else. We saw a vignette for the Unholy Union. I don't know where this is leading, but... I wish they would put like a spell on Charlotte and have her removed from that title match on, <laughs> on Saturday. We saw Dragon Lee take on Austin Theory. Theory cut a promo beforehand and the way that he keeps bringing up The Rock, even now he's got gear to commemorate, I guess, his segment with The Rock. It makes me think that we'll see a quick match between the two of them somewhere. Sometime. Maybe, maybe not. But Grayson Waller showed up during the match and it served as a distraction. Uh, And he did cheat later on. Cameron Grimes ran out and attacked Grayson Waller, which that then distracted Austin Theory. And Dragon Lee got the pin. But Dragon Lee is so good. And I think it's great that he's able to shine on more shows now. Very happy that we got to see that match tonight. In the main event... We saw LA Knight pick up the victory over Jimmy Uso via disqualification. A decent match before Solo Sokoa got in and attacked LA Knight. John Cena ran down. The Judgment Day came out. Paul Heyman shook Rhea Ripley's hand and said, authorized. That led to uh, Solo, Jimmy Uso, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and JD McDonough to get up on the apron 
And we had Jey Uso come out. Then we had Cody Rhodes come out. I completely forgot they were supposed to be on SmackDown. Uh, And it was pretty dope to hear the crowd still singing Cody's theme song after it, it turned off. But it just led to a big brawl. And the bloodline kind of dipped at first. Until Solo got back in. He went face to face with John Cena. LA Knight actually was the one that took Solo Sokoa out. And then J.D. McDonough got in the ring and pretty much got taken out by everyone's moves. By Cody, by Jay, by John, by L.A. Knight. So that was SmackDown leading into Fastlane. Next week we have the season premiere of SmackDown. They have Roman Reigns advertised as coming back. And Triple H is going to be there. So I don't know what Triple H will will say I can't speculate on that I can't even fathom a guess but that was Smackdown moving over to Fastlane predictions Fastlane's taking place this weekend in Indiana Indianapolis Indiana at the Gamebridge Fieldhouse Arena uh matches taking place of course things could be added but right now we're recording on Thursday, so Friday night I'll cover it if there's more. Yeah, but this will air after five. I cover SmackDown. Yeah, as of now we got five <laughs> matches. We have a six-man tag match between the LWO and Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Do we see? I well, actually, I can't say who it'll be. We don't know if it gets announced on SmackDown or not. But maybe it's not going to be Joaquin Wild or Cruz Del Toro. Who do you think? Maybe it's Carlito. Um, maybe it's Dragon Lee. I think Dragon Lee seems like the most likely, and I feel like that'll I mean, get been set on, up on SmackDown. Yeah, he's been appearing more and more. Because he's um, facing Austin Theory, so I think that'll make the most sense. I So who are you going with? And all of this could be wrong, but I'm, I'm going to say LWO. I'm going to um, say Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits need more work together as a team. I don't know if we'll see it right off the bat. I'm going to go Bobby Lashley and Street Profits. Well, maybe Santos turns on Ray. No, and then Dragon I don't want to see that at all. Dragon Lee makes the save. Don't want that at all. <laughs> For the Undisputed Tag Team Championships, Damian Priest and Finn Balor, the Judgment Day defending the titles against Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. I'm gonna go with John Cena and LA Knight. I'm uh, gonna go with the Judgment Day. We're not picking that match. Oh. I... <laughs> Uh, I sw- I switched over. I saw I switched to the wrong Uso match. Um, for this one, I'm going Judgment Day. It would be interesting if Cody and Jay won, but I just I can't see that. Nah, same here. I can't see it. Well, well we let's... mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. Go over to <laughs> Bloodline John Cena with and LA Jimmy. Knight. Yeah, Bloodline with Jimmy Uso and Solo Sago taking on Cena and LA Knight. I'm going Cena LA Knight. Yeah, I think that's that's accurate. Yeah. But. Triple threat for the WWE Women's Championship. EO Sky defending the title against Asuka and Charlotte Flair. I hope EO retains. I'm going EO. I would hate if Charlotte did. I yeah. feel like she. I don't. Nothing for nothing. I, I don't feel like Charlotte Flair deserves it. There's no reason for Charlotte to be in this match at all. No. Zero I, reason. It's just because she's a name, and I don't think she deserves to be up there right now. Zero reason. But whatever. She, she once cut that promo where she doesn't need the title. But I then believe. she went out to the And then every title single match, time what, she's on TV, week, right? I need the title. Every single time. I know. It's no it's 
it's stupid. At first, it was like trying to get her to break her father's record, and now Which it's just, she might be. She might be at that record. I don't know. I think that she is at the record. I think, but even still, it's just tiring. But main event. They don't. The they don't count yeah. it. What do you mean? Like they don't count her. I think it's. I think she's at sixteen total, but they don't count it as sixteen. Oh, why NXT? Yeah, but then they just but counted they, Becky they Lynch. They counted for kinda... Becky. Mm. Yeah, WWE doesn't really. But main event of the evening, you got the last man standing match, World Heavyweight Championship, Shinsuke Nakamura taking on Seth freaking Rollins for the championship. I'm going Nakamura. I said it last time for the last pay-per-view, and it was definitely a head-turner where I think that even those people backstage started to realize that, wow, this is a great match. Nakamura is actually a champion now. Nakamura got the upper hand on Monday Night Raw, so that's where I find it hard to believe he'll win, but... If he does win, I won't be disappointed, but I'm going with Seth Rollins. All right. Is it based off of that, or is there more? I No, it's I just can't see them taking the title off Seth just yet. Okay, so it's not just because he got attacked. No, but on. that's a, a main factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have to go with Nakamura. I think that right now is the time you showed that he is strong style, and this is really an introdu- uh, introduction to Nakamura's strong style aspect. So if Nakamura can win this championship, I think we're going to have a really awesome strong style Nakamura that we haven't seen on the main roster yet. It would be fantastic if Nakamura won. Yeah. It truly would. Because he should have been WWE champion by now. Yeah. 100%. So. I mean, there's no dis- no disagreement there. But that's Fastlane Predictions. Going to take a quick little break right now, and I'll be right back here on Marking Out. Hey there, it's Dave Wills, the crying wrestling fan. As seen on YouTube, Tosh.0, and memes all over social media and the internet. Hey, I'm always marking out. And right now, you're listening to Marking Out. That's right, one of the best podcasts around. And believe me, marking out in pro wrestling... <laughs> It's Deuteronomy, damn it! <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 661. Uh, AEW last week, uh, obviously the hottest topic right now is Edge, Adam Copeland, but I will get to that. We have Rampage and Collision and most of Wrestle Dream to talk about first. Uh, Rampage last week kicked off with the acclaimed... Picking up the victory over the Hardy Boys. Uh, the Hardy Boys? That sounded weird to me. The Hardys and uh, Brother Zay to retain the six-man titles. Uh, the trios titles. This, I thought, was an enjoyable match. Aubrey, though, again, fails to count illegal competitors in the ring. Especially when the Acclaim was doing that scissor thing. The leg drop that they do. But... At least when the Hardys were doing their tag moves, they were tagging in each time to do the trio move. Uh, I think, obviously, the, the spot of the match was the delete slash suck it chant. I thought that was a good spot. After that, Eddie Kingston picked up the victory over Rocky Romero to retain another good match. I 
guess it's going to be kind of confusing sometimes when Eddie's only defending one of the titles, but Shibata showed up afterwards and it really led to nothing, but it just hypes up that they had a match at Wrestle Dream. After that, we saw the Righteous pick up the victory over Caleb Crush and Gunner. This was over before it started. Really nothing to say. And then the main event saw Hikaru Shida pick up the victory over Ruby Soho to become the number one contender for Soraya's championship, the AEW Women's Championship. Um, The way the people spoke about this match on Twitter, I thought it was going to be like a lot better than it was. And it wasn't a bad match, but I went in with higher expectations due to Twitter. So there were some spots, like I didn't get that random... 10 count spot outside the ring. I don't understand what the end game of that would have been from Hikaru Shida. Like she's, she's carrying Ruby up the ramp. What is, what's the end game there? I don't understand that, but uh, the referee got bumped after Ruby Soho tried to cheat and Ruby would have won, but there was no referee and she went to use Hikaru Shida's kendo stick and then Hikaru Shida ended up using it. And really, ultimately, I didn't like the long ref sprint spot after that. Like, why didn't it happen for Ruby's count? Why did it have to happen for Hikaru Shida's? Leaving Ruby to be out even longer, if I'm not mistaken. But that's... Rampage. Moving over to Collision, we saw Andrade pick up the victory over Juice Robinson. Andrade literally had to fight everyone out there by himself. And the guns eventually got kicked out, but really, it was kind of three-on-one for Andrade. And I was hoping that we'd see LFI, but maybe that's coming soon. I don't know. We also saw Lana watching this match. Assuming she's scouting Andrade, perhaps. We had another Tony Storm portrait of a star segment. RJ City asked her about losing to Soraya. And Tony spoke about how she misses the old days when she'd slap on a backwards cap and just uh, throw a pie in someone's face. And people would cheer, obviously talking about her days in WWE. And then they had another one on Dynamite, which I think was probably the best one that they've done, where she just introduced that she's going to be now timeless. But I'll get to that more in a bit. After that, the Kingdom picked up the victory of the best friends. Uh, I think the Kingdom definitely needed this victory. But the bigger thing, I think, was really the promo afterwards, where they promised to get back to Roderick Strong as soon as possible. Because they both, they came out there with their suitcases. They had it all packed. And Matt Taven begged for Adam Cole to meet him at Roderick Strong's house if they ever meant anything to him. Which they do follow up on Dynamite. And I'll speak about that again later. Julia Hart picked up the victory over Vert Vixen. I don't think Julia needed this match. The night before the pay-per-view, I don't think it adds anything to the pay-per-view. And I don't think it really adds anything to Julia. It just gives her another victory, which she really, at that point, did not need. 
part, she could have just done the promo from from afterwards where she called Chris Statlander out and she's like, I can't wait to the pay-per-view. Let's do this right now. And then she could have still left before anything happened. Everything in that segment could have just been a segment. I don't think it needed that match. Uh, After that, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega picked up the victory over the Gates of Agony. I think that was obvious that Jericho and Omega were winning that. And uh, I guess it showed that they can tag together. Afterwards, though, they cut a promo. Super crazy, caught me off guard. Kenny Omega spoke completely different. It was not like this kind of promo. He was just talking normal and being normal. It didn't sound like a goofy overdub or anything. Although what he said is kind of goofy, given that it actually came out that Kenny was the one that filmed that promo in Japan with Don Callis and Takeshita, which was not ever necessary to even have in the first place. So it sucks that that picture was released. It sucks that that they did that. They could have literally, like I said last week, they could have just gone to the, the school, beat up the student, beat up Ibushi. They didn't have to go on this journey in Japan to, to find Ibushi. You knew where he was. After that, though, the Righteous picked up the victory over Judas Icarus and Travis Williams. They aired a vignette for the Righteous before this, which I feel like there was really no reason for this match. We just saw them on Rampage do the exact same thing, except this time they maybe broke somebody's foot. They could have done that in the vignette or just done an in-ring segment where they do that. They just break somebody's foot. You don't even need that match. After that, we saw the main event, Big Bill, Ricky Starks, and Ozzy Open picking up the victory over FTR, Brian Danielson, and Wheeler Yuta. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. was on commentary, and way too many things happened in this match. Aubrey lost all control of it a lot of times. Jim Ross even questioned who the legal person was at one point. Too many things happened. I liked the choke slam and spear finish though from Bill and Ricky Starks, but it really wouldn't be a, a, a show before the pay-per-view without AEW having a brawl to end the show. I feel like that's almost always an ending but before a pay-per-view. It's such a crutch for AEW and I don't understand why they do that. So moving over to Wrestle Dream, Zero Hour, I did not see a bunch of this, but Keith Lee, Kojima, Athena, Billy Starks picked up the victory over Shane Taylor Promotions, Mercedes Martinez, and Diamante. Claudio picked up the victory over Josh Barnett. Luchasaurus over Nick Wayne, the acclaimed over TMDK. Then we get to the actual pay-per-view. We get MJF picking up the victory over the Righteous to retain by himself. Super over with the crowd. Um, I don't, I just don't, I feel like he should be in a main event feud and not against a tag team for the ring of honor titles. We saw Eddie Kingston pick up the victory over Shibata to retain Chris Statlander defeated Julia Hart to retain, which I was kind of surprised about given 
Julia's win streak. So it's kind of unfortunate that she's not champion, but at the same time, I'm happy that Chris Statlander is still champion. And now it's rumored that Julia Hart's taking time off television for her honeymoon. So that also kind of sucks that she's like built up, built up, built up. And then she's just going to be gone from TV, it seems. We saw the Young Bucks pick up the victory over the guns. Lucha Bros, Orange Cassidy, and Hook to become number one contenders. Even though they're already the Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions, I hate that. If any team needed a victory in that match, it was not the Young Bucks. They have everything. It makes no sense. After that, Wheeler, uh, Wheeler, uh, Swerve picked up the victory over Hangman Adam Page. Then after that, Ricky Starks picked up the victory over Wheeler Yuta. Brian Danielson picked up the victory over Zack Sabre Jr. This was literally one of the best matches in AEW history. And it's absolutely absurd that this did not close the show. Like, nothing that came after this. Yes, you had Edge's debut. Nothing that came after this match was better than this match. You had the Don Cows family pick up the victory over Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Ibushi. Aubrey spent the whole match not caring about rules. And then at the very end, she suddenly started caring about them. And that's what led to the end of the match, which I think was so goofy. After that, FTR picked up the victory over Aussie Open to retain. I thought this was going to be so much better than I found it to actually be. Like I don't, I don't know what specifically was off for me, but it just wasn't what I was expecting it to be. The Shatter Machine, though, that finished the match, I thought was dope. And then the main event saw Christian pick up the victory over Darby Allen in a two out of three falls match, which. Darby told Christian last week that he doesn't need the face paint and he doesn't hide behind the face paint only to show up and and do the match in face paint. I didn't get that at all, but when Darby got that that first fall, I literally thought it was going to be over. And I was shocked because I completely forgot that it was a two out of three falls match. And this was another goofy referee match where Bryce spent the whole match not counting anyone when they were outside the ring. And then Christian dumps Darby on the steps and all of a sudden he decides to count. And for me, that's just so goofy. And then they bring out a stretcher. Christian spent the whole time on tying the ring mat. Referee's not doing anything to prevent that at all. He's not... Checking on Darby, he's not counting Darby out. Darby's clearly not able to get up from that. How does that make sense? And then after Christian was done uh, ripping apart the ring mat, he hits the frog splash onto the stretcher to the outside. And then the referee just let him fight on the exposed wood. How does any of that make sense? And then that referee bump happens, which you could see from a mile away when Christian speared him. And Christian goes to use the title, 
Nick Wayne takes it. And in that moment, all I wanted was for Nick Wayne to turn on Darby Allen, even though he would look completely stupid for doing so. After everything that happened with Nick Wayne being left, a bloody mess. And only one person having his back there was Darby. And then he did it. So I popped. (laughs) And I think that was the best part of that match. And then they they continued the beatdown afterwards. Sting showed up. Luchasaurus showed up. And they went to Concerto Sting and then Edge showed up. And like when Jeff Hardy debuted, he took forever to get to the ring. And he acted like he was going to take out Sting, but then he took all the heels out. And I honestly thought that was a terrible debut. Because none of that main event made sense at all. And everyone made fun of Jeff Hardy's debut for the exact same thing that Edge's debut had. But nobody's talking about that for Edge's debut. Coincidentally, Sting and Darby Allen were both part part of both. And I think if this match was built up like a main event match and the stuff in the match actually made sense, it would have been so much better. Like you could have done a two out of three falls match where it was no DQ or something. And then everything in the match, obviously you would have had to get a different spot where the count out would have been a pin or something. Everything in the match would have made made sense. But instead they had a match that made no sense and no business being a main event spot just because Edge was there. So I don't really think this was a, a great debut for Edge. Am I excited that he's there? I'm I'm happy that he's still wrestling. I'll be happy to see him face guys like Malachi Black. Maybe we'll see him face Buddy Matthews. Brian Danielson, I'll take again. Claudio, etc. But everything in that main event should have been different. And then fast forward to Dynamite, the four-year anniversary. They open backstage with an interview with Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. And then Edge walked in. I don't really think this was a good open. It felt like a mid-show segment. And then the first match we saw, Phoenix picked up the victory over Nick Jackson to retain. The Young Bucks have had so many title opportunities. They're the Ring of Honor trios champions. They have a an AEW tag team title, number one contender shot. And now Nick, just like Matt, why are they getting these title shots? That's not necessary at all. Even if it's an open challenge. After that, Wardlow picked up the victory over Griff Garrison via ref stoppage. It was basically Wardlow's music hits. Nobody reacts because they don't remember it's Wardlow. Maybe it's new music. I don't remember. He finally comes out. They pop. He hits a bunch of power bombs. That's it. And then he, he, he left through the crowd. That does nothing. That puts Wardlow back in the same spot he was when he left. We saw the acclaim pick up the victory of the Butcher, the Blade, and Kip Sabian. 
Um, to start, everyone brawled around the ring outside. Finally got to the actual match. I thought it was decent. Not much really stands out from it, though. It's just another victory for the acclaimed. I don't know if the titles were on the line either. But earlier in the night, Adam Cole and the Kingdom had a segment with Roddy. They uh, they had to play this twice because they had audio issues, which I, I yes, it's follow up from what happened on was the collision, but I don't think they needed to play this twice. Even if we couldn't hear the first time, like I think you could have just put it online or something. But Adam Cole mainly just says that he has to go get surgery. How this is good follow-up for the beatdown that closed the show last week when they are all suspects? I don't think that's good. And then it leads into the Bullet Club Gold coming out who spoke about MJF. They made fun of that trash promo last week and then called MJF out. And then he did and he ripped off the Rocks promo from SmackDown the other week with the crowd chant. Why? This segment went way too long just to say that he didn't attack Jay White and then issue a challenge for a street fight one on three. They left the ring. Jay White showed up, not injured, no selling from last week when he got the the crap kicked out of him, nothing. Hits MJF and, and that's it. And then he left with the title and he, he challenged MJF to put that title on the line at full gear. I thought this was confirming that it was Jay White and Bullet Club Gold who made it look like Jay White got jumped. But then Jay White brought up the same thing again. So we really don't have an answer as to who it was. I'm sure we'll find out down the line but I don't think that was good follow-up to that either. And then we saw MJF interviewed later on. Max Caster was creepily rubbing MJF and MJF yelled at him to leave him alone. And he called Adam Cole and went right to voicemail. Adam Cole was out gallivanting with the Kingdom and, and Roddy. After that, we saw Orange Cassidy and Hook interviewed they came up short at Wrestle Dream. Hook said that it should be Orange Cassidy facing Phoenix next week instead of John Moxley. End of segment. Hook's eating chips. We saw Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho pick up the victory over Kyle Fletcher and Takeshita. Sammy, I guess, is injured. But this match, Aubrey lost all control, doesn't do any of the counting. None of that. I definitely think Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega needed the victory here. Especially over someone who's not a teammate of Takeshita. Kyle Fletcher, I guess, is kind of an associate. I don't know if he's confirmed to be in the family. But he was the only one that could have eaten that pin. The bigger thing was Powerhouse Hobbs showing up afterwards and attacking Kenny and Jericho. And even that segment went on too long. I don't, I don't understand why it wasn't like a quicker thing. Kenny kept ripping himself out of duct tape. One of the most difficult things to do. Somehow he's 
not even duct taped to the ropes. And then Jericho ate a chair for, for Kenny. And then Kenny gets hit with a, a head a headshot. Even if it's a gimmick chair, did we not stop doing those in pro wrestling? They aired a Samoa Joe vignette where he's satisfied, but now he's hungry. And he wants the AEW championship. So that just adds another person who's coming for the AEW championship. There are too many people going for the same titles. All at once. Match after that saw a timeless Tony Storm pick up the victory over Sky Blue, which I think was the most enjoyable match on the show. And it wasn't even really anything special. But we get this great character work from Tony Storm. I wish commentary when the, the screen is black and white, just don't talk over her entrance. Let her entrance be a thing. And then to close the show, Edge came out, listed a bunch of people he wants to face, he could face, and then repeated the same thing about why he's in AEW. I asked my kids, go be with with Uncle Jay. And why he went to AEW, that's the reason. He calls out Christian, and he said that he saw Christian standing over Sting at WrestleDream, and he knew he couldn't let him do a concerto because they both love Sting which doesn't really explain why Edge was there and then Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus are most likely going to be dropping Christian when they get everything that they want out of Christian and now is the time for them to team up so Christian hugs Edge gives him a no in a a way less PG way, walks off and then has Luchasaurus show up and Nick Wayne come out to, to show Edge what he has next week. And I don't think that was a strong ending at all. So that's AEW Dynamite. Hey, Brandon, got any shout outs? Hey there, Hiff, we should listen to Brandon's shout outs. Sprung gets the first shout out. It's a free show on Amazon Freebie, which came out in 2022, but it was just suggested to me. So I checked it out. It's a, a show that was created by Greg Garcia, which he created other shows like My Name is Earl, The Guest Book, Raising Hope. And I think it's a lot like those other shows. So I think you guys should uh, check it out on Amazon Free Freebie. Garrett Dillahunt, uh, his character gets out of prison after spending about 30 years there for, uh, I guess, a marijuana crime. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to give too much away in case you actually haven't seen it, but Martha Plimpton is on the main cast as well, so you, you have like a Raising Hope reunion there between the two of them. Uh, and I don't know if there's going to be a second season. It It was in 2022, and I feel like if there was going to be, we would know by now, but there's nothing out there saying that there won't be. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see more from these characters. Uh, and then absolutely want to give another shout out to only murders in the building because the whole season's out now on Hulu. And I think this show, every episode leaves you wanting more and more. And luckily they announced that there's going to be a season four. 
I think the finale they announced was like the highest watched number show for 2023 on Hulu. Wow. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to more of that. I think Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez work so well together. And overall, I, I think that the show is so fun. Mm-hmm. So everyone yeah, should I, check that out. It's one of those shows that I, I know that I would enjoy. Yeah, 100%. It's a fantastic show. Yeah. I don't know if they've won awards, but they should have all of them. Mm-hmm. And my last shout out goes to Haunted Mansion, which is now out on Disney Plus, and I thought it was incredible. the The ride at Disney World is tied for my favorite with Pirates of the Caribbean, and they include elements from Disney World. Although the main movie takes place in the mansion based on Disneyland. So, and because of that, I wish that they did something for like Nightmare Before Christmas because from September to January, there's an overlay at the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland with with the Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would have been cool if there was like a small little like Jack Skellington or something in the scene somewhere. Maybe there is, I have no idea. I didn't I didn't catch anything. But I enjoyed the absolute heck out of this movie. They should have released this like now instead of July in theaters. So watch it on Disney Plus. Maybe it'll get records on Disney Plus. I don't know, but I can't say enough good things about it. So those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our. our. is right our mark out moment of the week I think uh, going back to NXT No Mercy the intro video oh man yes featuring an updated No Mercy video game was incredible that was huge mark out moment vibes and it was cool that it wasn't just the current roster. Yeah, you had, had Finn Balor, Bailey, Kevin Owens was there. Sami Zayn. Obviously, Sasha Banks is missing, but <laughs> but I thought that was a cool moment. I also I will preface this by saying The Simpsons has absolutely sucked for many years now, but I continue to watch it because I can't just stop watching it. I've watched it this much. I didn't know that you watched The Simpsons. Yeah, and I hate that I watch The Simpsons, but I keep going. And on the very first episode of this new season this past week, they made a reference to John Cena playing Booger in a reboot of Revenge of the Nerds. So I thought it was cool that John Cena was mentioned by name like that, and I could kind of actually picture him being a character in a reboot of Revenge of the Nerds, just not Booger. Definitely not Booger. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so at all. But I definitely could see John Cena in an atmosphere where it's Revenge of the Nerds. I could even see him as part of the nerd group, too. Well, I mean, John Cena is kind of, like, aged out of college at this point, but... Yeah, but, I mean, in college, you always have some... In some of these movies, like, that person that, like, goes back to school or tries to fit right? in. Right, yeah, that's true. You know, like, he could be somebody that is going back to school or he's just been, like, a Van, Van Wilder and he's just left back so many times... 
Yeah. Or maybe he's just like the next door neighbor that wants to f- be cool again. So well, then that that kind of turns into neighbors. So that's not that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Which John Cena could fit perfectly in that too. Yes, John John Cena could obviously uh, be in many many films. Yeah, he was just in a. I think it's an Apple TV uh, movie or TV show coming out soon. I don't know what it's called though. I forgot. Mm-hmm. But do you have any other mark out moments? Um, mark out moment for me is no, I I've been, mar- I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, but one piece I've been marking out over. No, I, I didn't know you watched anime. Yeah. The, the live action anime, uh, of one piece on Netflix. I finished that season and I didn't know what to expect, but it was definitely my sort of, um, TV show. And, I was glued to the TV show. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the next season. I marked out a ton for that, especially not knowing the characters at all. Um, So I definitely marked out for that. And then I know that there is another... I knew that there... I totally, totally, I did mark out for Edge's AEW entrance. Uh, The vehicle, him showing up, I could have done without. But once the theme song hit and everything, I definitely still marked out because it's just, it's cool to see Edge in this sort of an atmosphere too, because I wonder what he's thinking, but also I feel like it's more intimate of a setting because it is a smaller crowd. (laughs) I think, I mean, it's the same size venue. It is just a smaller crowd. Exactly. It's a smaller crowd, which makes it a little bit more intimate for... Maybe that's why he said it felt more like his indie shows that he used to do. Exactly. It's more intimate for even Edge to do something like that, where he's been doing so many large, large, large uh, events. Now he's doing something that's more intimate and small, and he can actually uh, get lost in it a little bit more. I think that it's a cool experience to do. You know, I think it's cool. AEW, a cool experience to do. <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of like when an artist goes to Westbury Music Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when, uh, I don't know if the, the show actually ever happened, but there was a time where the Jonas Brothers, they had they had split up. And then I think they were getting back together to do these like super intimate, like tiny venues. Uh-huh. And one of those venues I remember was Westbury Music Fair, but I don't remember if they actually ended up. I kind of feel like yes, doing I re- it. I remember seeing the promo, like remember them advertise. I think they did. But I remember when they announced that, I was like, "Bro, Taylor Swift could 100 percent do this. She should." I've I've been waiting for Broadway. I've been waiting for everything. <laughs> good luck getting I, those I wanted tickets. Her. If you I thought if you thought MetLife yeah. was hard, wait till Absolutely Westbury not, Music yeah. Fair. No, I even I thought you were going to say Broadway. Westbury Music Fair, forget about Broadway. it. Broadway. Before Bruce Springsteen did his show, all I wanted was for Taylor Swift to do a show where it's just her, a guitar, a banjo, piano. And then a few years later or whatever, Bruce Springsteen announces that he's doing that exact show that I was hoping for Taylor Swift to do. Yeah, it should definitely be Taylor. And I wish that they would announce that this weekend when she was at MetLife Stadium. Yeah. You know, would have been now awesome. There's, there's rumors that she's going to be announcing more dates at the end of this leg. So it could be. I mean, maybe this is all just a promotional thing where Kelsey's getting a little bit of uh, moolah as Money. well. I mean, it just so happens that how many advertisements for her movie did they show during that football game? They did that for free. 
to entice her apparently to play the Super Bowl. Really? That's interesting. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but that's what the rumors I saw. Well, apparently and, uh, she already said no, so I mean Well, I mean maybe the Super Bowl next year perhaps. Or I mean maybe not it's next not too year, late to replace Usher with somebody I actually want to listen to. No, uh, Taylor Swift is I think going to be in Japan around that time, so I'll, I'll watch a. It would be impossible her for her to. I mean, I you know I can't say impossible, but it would be kind of ridiculous for her to fly from I think Japan to wherever the Super Bowl is, and then back to Japan. I don't put it past Taylor; she could do anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hopefully I'll. Uh, my fingers are still crossed. Uh, yeah, get to see this tour. <laughs> <laughs> but that is marking out. Episode 661. Thank you so much for checking this show out. You can follow us on Twitter at Marking Out, BTTG161 on Twitter and Instagram, Chris Sween Dog, CM Sweeney85, David PTDPT on all the platforms, Facebook.com slash Marking Out, YouTube.com slash Marking Out 11. That's also our Instagram is Marking Out 11. Check us out, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out. At Marking Out on TikTok, there's MarkingOut.com, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, more, I'm sure. Google Podcasts for now, they're going away. Yeah. I think it's turning into some YouTube gimmick. I'm not 100% sure about that. Hopefully, we'll be included with that. But for right now, we wish you the, the... Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Uh-huh.